Welcome to the Environmental Justice Report with me, Janine Moloff, your host. This week, uh, we're going to be talking about slap suits and how an environmental activist by the name of Maggie Herchala tried to do the right thing and was punished in court uh, as a corporation push. And it looks like Maggie is here. Give me a second here. Uh, live? Okay. Hello, Maggie? Hello. I'm here. Oh, I'm so Ah, you're here. I'm so happy. We did it. Ah. All right. So, anyway, <laughs> I was explaining. I'm going to give a little bit of an introduction, and we're just we're going to have a conversation, okay? Um, okay. So I was explaining. All right. So, you know, I'm so happy Maggie's here. Um, she is a environmental activist of some renown. Um, she was hit with a slap suit by a corporation named Mosaic, and her crime was using her First Amendment rights. Now, Maggie has been advising colleagues who were council members on licensing for this phosphate corporation's mining operation. She was using her First Amendment rights to present an opposition case against this corporation and was rewarded when that corporation sued her uh, and got a judgment against her for over $4 million in alleged damages. The corporation claimed something called tortuous uh, interference. Uh, and again, this is, you know, when you think about the term kangaroo court, that's what comes to mind with this. So Maggie appealed all the way, tried to appeal all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Of course, she appealed to the Florida Supreme Court, and then the U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear the case. They didn't offer any reason as to why they denied her petition. They, they're not required to. But once again, this is another example of the arrogance we see between lawyers and judges in our alleged legal system. But this is the thing, and when I get Maggie in here in a minute, um, this case isn't just about environmental concerns, which are serious, but it's about the corporate strategy known as a slap suit. And slap suits are civil lawsuits that generally have no true legitimacy. They're engineered to silence dissent and destroy the First Amendment for people like you and me as opposed to real people, as opposed to corporate persons. So, you know, once again, the uh, folly of the late Justice Antonin Scalia and the idea of corporate personhood is large and, and, and raw here, and I'm just going to go, and hopefully I won't disconnect anybody, and we're just going to get into this. So, Maggie, welcome to the show. I hear a lot of static. I'm hoping you can hear me okay. I can. Good. Good. Okay. So we're just going to start back up, okay? Maggie, I'd like you just to introduce yourself to our audience and explain how you first became involved in this particular case. Okay? So just take it away, well, Maggie. My, my name is Maggie Herchala, and I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, but now I live about 100 miles up the coast in a nice little county called Martin County. And somewhere around 2008, a rock mining company called Lake Point, whose principal mm -hmm. owner is George Lindemann, Jr., uh, 
announced that they had a wonderful project. If they would only be allowed to have a special dispensation to mine, they were going to build a rock pit that would save the Everglades and save the Wild and Scenic River and keep our estuary from being polluted. And when I read all of this, I know something about our Everglades restoration plan in Florida because I was part of the committee that worked with the Corps of Engineers on it. And I really didn't think that by digging a rock pit on a 1,000 acres you could do all of those things. So I started asking questions about it. And that's how I originally got involved in 2008. Oh. So could you explain, for instance, I live in St. Louis, Missouri, okay? And so some of the things you're talking about, we're familiar with mining operations, but... Lake Point was saying they were trying to save the Everglades, but, but they wanted to have a special dispensation to have a rock pit. Could you give us a little well, more information? the rock pit is because we don't have a, a coal and all those other interesting things you have in the middle of the country. Uh, but we got a lot of rock in Florida. And uh, limestone is necessary for building levees, and it's necessary for building roads and driveways and houses and everything like that. So just before the boom busted in 2008, uh, the uh, uh, company involved decided that it would be a great idea if they could think of a way to convince the local government that they could get a mining permit where mining permits are not usually approved. And so what they proposed was something called a public-private partnership, which I'm sure you've seen a lot of. There are possibly mm-hmm. some good ones. There's certainly a lot of them that are scams. Uh, at any rate, because, uh, uh, well, I'm, I guess because it was something people wanted to hear, they said that mm-hmm. this rock pit was going to pump water out of Lake Okeechobee and clean it up, and that would save the Everglades. And then it would take the clean water and send it to the Wild and Scenic River, and that would save the Wild and Scenic River. And then it was going to pump water out of the canal that runs from Lake Okeechobee to our estuary, and that would keep our estuary from being messed up. And I do know enough hydrology, and I do know enough geology to know that you can't store water in a hole in the ground in Florida. And you can't take care of all of those problems it was pretending to solve by building a rock pit. Right. And so we're, they were just going to store the water in this rock pit. How, how was that going to how, – how did they figure that it was going to clean anything up? They promised that they would build a stormwater treatment area adjacent to the rock pit, oh. uh, which they never did build, but they promised they would build one. And then when it came time some years later for them to build it, uh, they didn't want to build the kind of expensive stormwater treatment area that the water management district had in the contract with them required. They said they had a whole new way to clean um, water. They'd just run it over rock, and that would clean it up. So they were fighting with the water management district for not letting them uh, build the kind of stormwater treatment area they wanted. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up fighting with the county when the county found out that they had changed their mind seemingly about the purpose of the rock pit. And they were now going to sell water to the city of West Palm Beach, which is down south of us, and was in a drought Mm -hmm. and needed some water. Florida has unique water law, 
we learned late in life after everybody else's mistakes and actually did a pretty good state water law that combines the best of eastern and western water law. And that says you can't sell water. It says that the people of the state of Florida own the surface waters and the underground water in the aquifer. And Lake Point says, well, we're not really selling water. We're just storing it and transporting it and charging them for it. (laughs) And uh, 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 other people than uh, myself, uh, when they saw the headline, I guess it was 2012 by then, when they saw the headline that they were going to sell water, uh, said, wait a minute, that that wasn't (laughs) what we had in mind here. Now, you've got to realize in terms of the recession uh, they started this project in 2008, uh, thinking the boom was going to continue. Well, when right. the housing boom fails, the road boom fails, the lime rock mm-hmm. industry fails, and they were losing money hand over fist. They were continuing to mine in their rock pit, but they were losing mm-hmm. money over that whole four years. So they had a tentative contract with American Water uh-huh. Company to either sell the whole thing um, to them or become a partner with them to sell water. Oh Lord. Okay. Yeah. See, when you said that you can't, Florida, they can't charge people for water. I, you know, I, I, we get our water from Missouri American Water Company, and they're horrible. Okay. The water bills are astronomical. You're probably um, the same company. Yes, they have a notorious reputation. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yes, it is the same company. Uh, uh, if it's the same one, the one that was involved here is American Water was spun off from Enron. And when Enron failed, it uh, um, was created as a separate water company. It owns more utilities than any other private company in the United States. And it tends to uh, uh, buy them mm-hmm. and reduce, in a lot of cases, reduce the service and up the cost. Uh, right. So... <clears throat> That was kind of a red flag, too, on top of everything else. But the big red flag was that now they were going to sell water. And that uh, kind of brought – I had, you know, quite frankly, I'd been down in Miami with uh, sick members of Mm -hmm. my family, and I had Mm -hmm. not been attending all of the hearings on Lake Point or paying much attention to it. No, I saw that Mm -hmm. headline in the local paper. And I sent an email off to a county commissioner asking 21 different questions and telling her she should Mm -hmm. ask the staff those questions. Lake Point said that was an evil thing to do, that I should not instruct my commissioners what to do. Uh, 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 Most of us thought that... Telling our telling our local officials what to do was our prerogative, and it was up to them whether they did it or right. not. At any rate, right. well, it's part of what the happened Amendment, after I mean. that was the county staff looked at the project. They had evidently not been on site on the second half of the project for four years. Mm-hmm. And when they looked, they said, you're not mining in the right place according to your permit. And Lake Point said, yes, we mm-hmm. are. And the staff said, no, you're not. And so finally around January, the staff brought it to the county commission and said, you know, you need to uh, file, a, you know, authorize us to verify this information and send a notice mm-hmm. of violation uh, uh, to Lake Point. Well, mm-hmm. Lake Point's claim is that my emails to county commissioners about the project caused mm-hmm. the staff to look at the project and find that it was not in compliance. Uh, the staff testified that uh, 
my comments didn't have anything to do with what they found out. And uh, right. actually, I was unaware of the fact that they were mining in the wrong place. I just had a whole bunch of questions about whether they could really meet the goals they had said and whether they were going to right. sell water and a lot of other stuff. The interesting thing is that yeah, I've learned a lot about law, and without getting into the intricacies of it, what you find out mm -hmm. is the specific details that are at trial are hundreds of pages long. But once you get mm -hmm. up to the District Court of Appeals, it comes down to generally they'll pick a single issue and decide based mm -hmm. on that. So the thing that I am accused of saying is that uh, a study that documented the project's benefits uh, was promised and was not delivered. Mm -hmm. And on the basis mm -hmm. of the fact that uh, <clears throat> Lake Point told the jury that was a lie, and it was a, I knew it was a lie, and you could tell that I was vicious in doing it because I signed one of the emails, Deep Rock Pit, <clears throat> and uh, the county never would have looked at the rest of the project if I hadn't sent all those emails. But once and again... Then everything dragged on from the time oh. they filed the lawsuit against the county, the Water Management District, and me mm -hmm. from, mm -hmm. I guess, 2000, January 2013 until about four years later, the Water Management District suddenly gave up. They had mm. summary judgment in their favor. Their lawyers said they had a slam dunk case, and they mm -hmm. suddenly gave up. They mm -hmm. didn't give their reasons. They just gave a very large, unbig contract to Lake Point and said they were sorry. Uh, the county got a new majority on the county commission, and they mm -hmm. suddenly gave up, though they had spent appreciable money on an outside attorney who told them they had a strong case and he thought they would win. And the county paid Lake Point $12 million and sent them an abject apology for having bothered oh, them at all. Yeah. And so that left me. And uh, I guess it was February 2018 we went to trial. Mm -hmm. So basically what Lake Point was saying is that the, that the fact that they were mining in the wrong place, among other things, wouldn't have been discovered if you hadn't asked questions of your directed questions to your council people. But that doesn't, you know, again, they were still mining in the wrong place. One had nothing to do with the other. Um, that, oh my God, that I, I would love to say that I'm shocked by what I'm hearing. But I'm well, I, I think the best the best thing that you can to understand it, because this happens a lot in slap suits. Uh, I think one of the classic slap suits from Colorado was where uh, a, a woman noticed that when the school bus stopped for her kid, mm -hmm. the bus brakes screeched awfully. So she mm -hmm. called up her school board member and complained. And the school right. board member complained to the staff. And the staff looked at the contract. And nothing to do with the screeching brakes. The staff found right. something they were doing wrong under the contract. The school right. bus company sued her for tortious interference, yeah. and I had to I had to learn the hard way. It's not about torturing them; it's about a tort. Right. The tort exactly. being the legal wrongdoing, so it's tortious. T I O U S. Right. Uh, right. Instead it's of uh, torturing them to death. Right. But yeah, the idea that the if uh, if uh, you know the garbage truck runs over your garbage can, 
and mm-hmm. uh, you see your commissioner in the grocery store and say, they ran over my garbage can, do something. And the commissioner tells the staff to go look at it, and the staff finds out the garbage company's uh, illegally dumping. Meanwhile, the Mm -hmm. county staff doesn't come out for a whole month, and when they come out, they say, well, I don't see a crushed garbage can, so you must have lied. (laughs) And you're responsible. Well, what they're actually doing is... They're, you know, they say we have free speech rights, but part of the per- another part of the First Amendment is the right to petition the government for redress of grievances, which you did. And in the cases you, you know, whether it was the school bus case or what you did, in both instances, the slap suit basically and the charges against them basically says, no, citizens don't have the right to petition their government. Not if, it, if, if some corporation says that, oh, you interfere with our contract. If it elevates contract There law are private property groups that believe strongly that mm-hmm. the constitutional protection of uh, uh, <clears throat> contracts outweighs the mm-hmm. First Amendment. Yeah, uh, I, I, that I'm wasn't the argument that Lake Point made. Uh, directly, mm-hmm. but it was the argument that our judge made. Uh, well, yeah. The, mm-hmm. uh, the month or so before the trial, we were arranging times for the trial, and he said, well, I, I really don't see why it should take very long. She interfered with the contract. The only question would be how much in damages. So mm, there is a sliver of the uh, legal community that actually believes that uh, tort law on contracts right. negates the First Amendment. Uh, the well, Supreme and, and Court really doesn't any, agree with yeah. that, or at least it has not in the past. Right. Well, and and I'm aware. And so basically, you know, this is something that we really need to look at because very wealthy and big corporations have such deep pockets that they are rewriting by default our our legal system, and it's it's destroying any rights that people have. Um, were you shocked that the Florida judge found in favor of the mining company? Uh, it, the, the jury found in favor of the mining cl- company, and I can't say that I know why. It would be impolite, if not unethical, for me to run around asking jurors why they right, did it. Right. Why they did it. Uh, two of the jurors told reporters that, well, we knew it was wrong to send those emails, and one of the jury pool said something like, just like Hillary. Uh, so they they really zeroed in on sending emails uh, to the county commissioners. But I think the other thing I lo- learned, and this is pure speculation, uh, I'm I'm a Democrat. I believe in juries. I had great faith that a, a jury would do the right thing. But I didn't realize the degree to which a jury is likely to believe that the statements of the plaintiff's lawyer are true, uh, that they are likely to believe that if the plaintiff's lawyer says over and over again, she said there were no studies, look at this pile of studies, uh, that that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas if you actually looked at what was entered as evidence under oath, mm-hmm. that wasn't right. true. But right. the you know the dynamics of a trial, the dynamics of our melodramatic TV trials are such that mm-hmm. – uh, People are likely to believe that if the lawyer repeats it over and over again in a convincing way, that must be true. 
Right. And Is so I don't limit? know why the jury decided. The jury did not look at the specific issues that are usually mm-hmm. looked at in a First Amendment case. They just right. found me guilty and levied a $4.4 million liability. Well, it sounds like they were, it sounds almost like they were given instructions to only consider this as a problem with a, a tort case as opposed to a First Amendment case. Did the judge give the jury any instructions that limited your side's right to present evidence? All the time. Uh, yeah, the, the, the judge on the second day of the trial called me mm-hmm. into his chambers with my lawyers and said, mm-hmm. you're going to lose this case. I can tell. And I've taken the liberty of drafting a letter of apology for you to sign. <clears throat> and he read me the letter. Uh, I said, well, I'd have to say I lied, and I didn't lie, and I thought there was right. an important principle involved. And he said, well, you and I aren't getting any older, I mean, any younger, and you really don't want to spend your rest of the life on this. And um, he seemed appalled that I wouldn't sign the letter. Uh, we then asked him to recuse himself. He refused. Right. And so we did feel that um, whether it was his philosophical feelings, because he felt strongly mm-hmm. uh, that he was a very good constitutional lawyer or something else, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't begin to guess. But, uh, you know, among other things, uh, you know, for instance, Lake Point uh, really emphasized the fact that I had not come to some of the hearings. Uh, my sister and brother were in Miami dying at that point, and I was taking care of them. Right. I was taking sure. turns with my little brother being down there three weeks and up here three weeks. Uh, Lake Point got the judge to rule that I couldn't mention that because it might bias the jury. Uh, on the other hand, uh, George Lindemann Jr. spent three years in the federal prison for uh, insurance fraud for hiring a hitman uh, to kill the show horse for the insurance money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The judge ordered that that not be mentioned because it was kind of a youthful indiscretion. Oh, my Lord. Can you recall what the, what kind of instructions the judge gave to the jury? Did he yes, limit? Yes, because my, my lawyer specifically asked him to change the instructions. He gave mm-hmm. the standard instructions for a tort case. That's uh, what I the thought. Florida Supreme Court standard instructions for a tort case. Um, uh, Jenny and Howard, my lawyers, pointed out to him that there is an asterisk on that standard instruction. And that Mm -hmm. asterisk very specifically says, in the case of First Amendment rights, the following uh, jury instruction should be given. Um, Right. He didn't think so. Yeah, he limited the instructions so, so that uh, it, the it would very specific blue. jury instructions that are often given in a case like that were not given. Uh, the jury yeah. was not told that in a First Amendment case, you can be found guilty if you lied, you lied knowingly, right. you lied solely for the purpose of hurting the company, and you caused the harm. Right. Uh, the jury was never told to make findings on those issues. Uh 
uh, they just concluded that they agreed with Lake Point's lawyer. And yeah. uh, juries have a right to do that, but one of the things that has always been a really important part of the First Amendment uh, principles and precedents the U.S. Supreme Court has set is that normally a higher court only looks at the legal issues. But in First mm -hmm. Amendment cases, they're supposed to review the entire record of evidence. Right. Well, exactly. And and when the judge limited the instructions like that, he pretty much guaranteed that you were going to lose because they couldn't consider these other possibilities. Um, well, actually, I still thought we were going to win when we were finished with the trial. No, but I was no the minute you told me that, <laughs> no, the minute you told me that, I figured as much. Because they were looking at it as strictly a court case, which meant that some of the other information that you had that was perfectly legitimate to defend you was not going to be allowed to either be entered or considered. So I'm not surprised. And, um, this is the yeah, yeah, yeah. And this judge and, has a history. Um, Go ahead. Uh, my my disappointment is that uh, the fourth DCA heard it only with a three judge panel, and the entire uh, uh, fourth DCA never heard the case uh, and did mm -hmm. not comment why. Uh, the Florida Supreme Court did not review the case and did not comment why, and the state's right. uh, Nash, uh, SCOTUS, uh, the <laughs> Supreme Court well, of the United States. Uh, which, yeah. you know, granted, uh, uh, accepts only a limited number of cases for for review. But if you can get the facts wrong at the bottom level and right. the facts aren't reviewed, then anybody can be found guilty. Well, exactly. That's And that's the problem with even our whole appeal system because more often than not, the facts are at the base of the first time a case is tried. Most appeals courts only review to see if errors were made in terms of procedure. You know, I did some research, and this judge has a history of siding with mining interests. I'm just curious, why hasn't anyone investigated him for a systemic conflict of interest or even actual possible corruption? Uh, I don't know the answer to that except to say that, um, you know, you know what's happened to the media recently. Uh, they're shrinking yeah. all over the place. Uh, they're merging all over the place. Uh, in Martin right. County, when I was a county commissioner, oh, gosh, that must have been 40 years ago now, uh, we had four or five newspapers here. We had a local newspaper. We had uh -huh. our, our own page in the Palm Beach Post. We had the USA Today uh -huh. Bureau here. We had the Miami Herald right. Bureau up here. Uh, we were covered. Uh, we had a local radio station that reported on news. And uh, we just don't have that anymore. They just don't have enough reporters to go around. And uh, very little is spent on local news anymore, which is really right. sad. Uh, it's always been true, or it's been true for years with the fact that small towns didn't get covered by TV stations. They all happened in the big cities. But now they're right. beginning to lose their local newspapers, too. And it's a sad oh, thing. Yeah. I don't know the answer to it. It's it's a mess. I mean, and then, of course, those of us that are on what we call the alternative media, we're small um, and you know, again, we get blocked on Facebook and Twitter, and there's this false equivalence they keep pushing. It's just pure nonsense. Um, I want to go back a little bit, just really quickly, 
to the environmental risk that this mining operation posed. Okay, so Lake Point, my understanding is that they what they mine is phosphate? It's lime rock. Oh, lime rock, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. lime rock. It's, it's the kind of stuff that uh, 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 you build road bases out of. Okay, and... Are there some, you know, like if it if it mixes in with the water supply, are there some dangers to that? Uh, Martin County has some very strict rules for uh, mining because when you dig uh, a rock pit too deep, uh, mm -hmm. you're likely to get into contaminated water in a deeper aquifer and contaminate okay. the shallow aquifer. So we have a 20-foot depth limitation, which, uh, uh, you know, the state agencies don't have, and a number of other uh, uh, requirements. Uh, they were, under contract, supposed to follow all of those rules, mm -hmm. but the final settlement the county made with them was they wouldn't have to follow any of those rules. They would, 50 years from now, turn the rock pit over to the water management district, and the water management district would have to fix it. God. This is, I can't say I'm surprised we have our own issues here in St. Louis. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the pettiness of the whole proceeding, and especially the way the corporation treated you. My understanding is they, they froze your assets, and you were, they tried to take your sister's old car and a kayak that you had. Wanna, they took. Want to tell us the background? Uh, as, as soon as the the, uh, the you know the trial was settled and um, uh, gosh I forget I guess it was right after the trial or maybe it was right mm -hmm. after the uh, third DC, fourth DCA ruled. At any rate, uh, I had a deposition going on. They knew I would be at the deposition, and when I mm -hmm. came out to get in my car, out of the deposition, uh, Deputy Sheriff mm -hmm. met me and said, hand me your keys or we're towing your car. And I said, oh. well, couldn't I drive home and give it to you? He said, no, right. ma'am. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. I said, well, uh, if, you're, if you're seizing my kayaks, you know, you could let me drive home and show you which kayaks. He said, your <laughs> kayaks have already been taken. And so they took uh, my sister's car, which I had inherited, which was a, what, a, a 2003 Toyota, uh, mm -hmm. 200,000 miles on it. Right. And they took my two secondhand whitewater kayaks. And oh. they had them placed in the sheriff's impoundment for six months. Uh, I hate to think of how much they paid for that. Uh, the kayaks were worth a couple of hundred dollars a piece. We had the car appraised. I think it was worth $900. Right. And uh, in impoundment fees from the sheriff's department and legal fees, I expect they spent about $10,000 just being petty, uh, just yeah. you know, proving the point that uh, they can rub your face in the mud on the playground uh, right. like any good bully. And then after right. six months, they called up and said, could we give them back? They're not worth it. <laughs> oh God! Okay. We finally got so, them back. <laughs> and and as for any other, I mean, I don't mean to poke, but as for other assets, I mean, were you you were allowed to keep your retirement, weren't you? I get to keep my retirement and Social Security. Uh, my husband okay. gets to keep uh, his retirement and Social Security. Uh, in right. Florida, you get to keep your homestead. 
Thank God. Those uh, uh, investments we had that we own under Florida law as tenants in the entireties uh, uh, cannot be seized. But, uh, yes, they ran off with some of the bank accounts. Uh, and uh, luckily, I don't own very much. I think that uh, right. you know you do have to keep a, a sort of morbid sense of humor in cases like this. Right. And uh, uh, the uh, attorneys for the other side have been referred to as Snidely Whiplash and Company. <laughs> but uh, when when one of the younger members was doing a deposition on the garnishment, which is to find uh-huh. out what assets you have. And right. he sat me down, put me under oath, and said, "Now about your furs." <laughs> uh, uh, your your listeners don't know me very well, but everybody who knows me knows I don't have furs. Uh, at any rate, I sort of looked to see if I was growing any fur on my arm, and uh, then I looked at him and I said, "I I have any furs." And he said, "Well, oh what about jewelry?" And I said, "Well, I'm not really very big on jewelry." And he pointed to my left hand. He said, what about that? I said, that's my plain gold wedding ring. He said, have you had it appraised? I said, no, I haven't had it. Why haven't you had it appraised? I said, Mr. Labby, let me tell you something. My husband and I have been married 65 years now. And when we were first married, he was very romantic. Uh, When we were getting married, he took me to a real jeweler, he bought me mm-hmm. a plain gold wedding band, mm-hmm. and I lost it in the first year, water skiing on Brigantine Bay. Oh, well, wow. my husband's an engineer, and he's a very practical fellow. When I told him I mm-hmm. had lost my wedding ring, he gave me $10, and he sent me to E.J. Corvette's discount store. Some of your older listeners will remember E.J. Corvette's in Philadelphia. It was one of the first discount stores. <laughs> I said, so, Mr. Labby, I... I paid ten dollars for it, and I really never felt the need to appraise it. He said, "Well, uh, you you must have a big flat screen TV." I said, "No, I think the boys got the TV at a, a, a Goodwill." Oh my God. Well, what about exercise equipment? Well, we don't really do exercise equipment. Well, sports equipment. I said, "Well, we got a lot of old dive tanks." He said, "Oh, they're probably old, right?" I said, "Yes." Uh, I think by the end of the thing, he was feeling sorry for me. Oh Well, you know, and it just shows the pettiness of it, too. I mean, it probably cost the corporation, and not probably, it cost, I'm sure it cost the corporation more money to pay the legal fees of that deposition than anything we could have received. And it's just oh, it meant to it, intimidate and it is and what slap suits are about. It is really about, and, you know, one of the interesting things historically is you pointed out that the First Amendment has five things in it. It's freedom of religion, the press, uh, 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 speech, uh, assembly, and the right to petition government. Petition government. Nobody from the time that the uh, Bill of Rights was first adopted and after the first few Mm -hmm. years, there were no suits on the petition clause. It wasn't until the 1960s when corporations had to face angry young people criticizing them Mm -hmm. that they discovered slap suits as a weapon. Right. And uh, the weapon is simply to frighten people so much. And uh, uh, 
Penelope Canan and Rock Pring wrote a wonderful book on slap suits. They're the ones that invented the name for them. And, and Penelope says the thing she most worries about is when she tells people all about slap suits, then they get terrified and they won't say anything anymore. Right. So my right. message well, to everybody is to keep saying something. Right. Exactly. Don't and, stop and it's now. one of those things. Right. Well, and people, the audience, in case they don't know what SLAP is, an acronym, S L A C P, and it stands for the Strategic Lawsuits Against Public Participation. To say that these suits are frivolous is an understatement. Before, you know, we, and I'm enjoying this, this talk, I really am. You, you're, you're a hoot. Um, but I'm going to go into a few other things. Before we end this, this uh, interview, I wanted to point out, because you, you are so impressive just in your own right, and I didn't want you over, you know, overshadowed, but do you think that part of this also, they went after you more viciously as well because of who your sister was, because this was political punishment? Oh, uh, I select- think that it it was a combination. I, I don't think they were going after Janie. Uh, I mean, at, at, at that point, my sister was dead, uh, and uh, it was a little late to be doing political punishment. Uh, but I think that the sense of, uh, let's see, fame, eminence, well-knownness, uh, uh, the fact that I am Janet Reno's sister makes more right. people know me. And if you crush right. the person that more people know, then your slap exactly. is more effective. Exactly. Is there One of the things that I can that... recommend to everybody on slap suits is Google John Oliver and slap suits. Right. There's a John Oliver program that he did after he won his slap suit. It's one of the uh, – watch the language and don't let children watch it, but it's one – Right. One of the funniest things in the world, and it really gets a point across, you know, the the idiocy of slap suits. If you think of what's going on now around this country, mm-hmm. if you uh, went to a county commission meeting and you said mm-hmm. uh, you didn't want to wear a mask, could a mask company sue you? Right. Or if you insisted people uh, shouldn't use hydroxychloroquine, would they sue you? Uh, you know, it applies across the board. And I think one right. of the things that actually cheered me up was that mm-hmm. in our amicus briefs, the friend of the court brief, you've got mm-hmm. a collection of folks from every side of the political spectrum, from the Cato Institute to Greenpeace to the press to the ACLU, mm-hmm. the Sierra Club, uh, the NRDC, uh, you know, just a whole long list of groups that may disagree about a whole lot of issues. Right. They want the right to talk to their government about those issues. Exactly. And when you look when you look at the whole idea of slap suits in particular, it is just another example of how corporate power and corporate law, corporate law firms not only abuse their legal licenses, but they're abusing, in my opinion, all of us because they are able to pony up, stay in court longer. It's not about who often who has a better case. It's about who can actually stay in the case long enough to get it to trial a lot of times. A lot of times they win by default, but this is an instance. I, I, I really feel like this is an instance where the our, our legal system and the legal profession needs to be taken to task. Lawyers 
I do, besides anti-slap laws, I really do believe that lawyers who knowingly bring a frivolous lawsuit, a slap suit, they should be severely disciplined. They should risk losing their license because they have abused their license. I would be delighted to see that. There are states, you know, there are there are two things that I would recommend to people, which is one, uh, Google protect the protesters. That's a very large mm-hmm. group of organizations from all over the country that are uh, uh, working to get anti-slap legislation, working to make people understand slap suits, and uh, you know are a great ally and a great source of information mm-hmm. on it. And uh, uh, the uh, second thing I would say is. Uh, Talk to your state legislators. The state of New York has recently passed uh, uh, anti-slap legislation mm-hmm. uh, that I'm told is one of the best in the country. Colorado, where slap suits more or less started mm-hmm. to some degree, uh, and California right. have uh, anti-slap legislation. Florida passed an anti-slap law that is so weak that it just seems to say if you can prove that this is that you're not guilty, then you should get right. an expedited trial, <laughs> which you well, know really doesn't help very much. But uh, no. it is practical uh, to go to your state and get the proper legislation. There are models out there. There are states that have done mm-hmm. it right. You can find right. out from Protect the Protesters who does it best and which slap suits right. slap right. laws actually right. work. And uh, that's a good step to make first before the corporations start slapping people around right. about you. Right. Well, and, and the whole practice of law is so archaic anyway. I mean, face it, there's such a high bar for, to expect a layperson like yourself, even though you're very well, well read, to expect you to to basically follow the the jargon and rules of evidence that only people with a three-year law degree seem to know. Just so you can speak out in public. I'm sorry, what? I had an interesting comment from a federal judge. She said, the civil law courts are not made for human beings. They're a place where corporations sue each other and then they settle. Yeah, well, and, and that's exactly true. And, then, you know, the average, it, it is totally unreasonable for the average non-attorney citizen to be demanded we obey these archaic laws when it takes a law degree even to know the law. So, you know, when are we going to demand that the law be written in plain language? And, but, you know, that would remove attorneys and judges from what I consider their self-appointed posts as a high priest with a sacred legal word. And, you know, once again, it, it, it's a pet peeve of mine. Um, and, and I think there needs to be major legal reforms just throughout. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working on a journalistic book right now about the role of corporate attorneys in, in the world, you know, how they interfere with our right to have democracy. And this is a perfect illustration. You know, Maggie, you are wonderful. I, I would, you can come on the show anytime you want. Um, I, I mean, you, you are so much fun. I, I, I really enjoy this. It's, before we end this, is there anything else you might want to say? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, make sure you own anything with your husband in the entireties if you're going to make trouble. <laughs> uh, and. 
the other thing is don't give up. Uh, uh, I am an optimist about this country. I am an optimist about our Bill of Rights. And uh, I think that the more people understand it, the more people get together and keep expressing themselves together uh, peaceably, uh, we're going to get there. I hope so, Maggie. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, we have a whole hour, and, and I'm still learning the ins and outs of kind of watching the time and everything. But like I said, you are welcome at any time. If you want to give any updates, just send me an email, and you're on. Okay? And, and God okay. bless you for well, everything. Thank you for you the do. opportunity. You, you are a national treasure. Have a great evening. Okay. All right. Bye bye now. Bye.